0: Yeah. Let me talk to you, peeps. Welcome to episode 109 of the Fretzelmania podcast, the Fretzels Pretzels Wrestlemania preview show. I am the connoisseur of Fretzels Pretzels and of this very podcast, your favorite Canadian, Mr. Fretz. Today, I am previewing and predicting Wrestlemania 39, the most stupendous two night event in wrestling. Yes, that was last year's tagline, and it was so good that I am using it again. And as the title says here, I'm going to be going through the WrestleMania 39 card, but also a few select events that are also going on in LA during WrestleMania weekend from GCW, from ROH, from Impact Wrestling. And so so much more. So folks, get out your pretzels, get out your dip, get out your stone cold IPAs because it is time to get on the road to Wrestlemania. Go to the bathroom now and ain't doing any pit stops. Before I get into WrestleMania, I want to highlight a few other indie shows that will also be going down around WrestleMania weekend. I'm recording this on Tuesday the 28th. I think there's a show tomorrow. I know there's a big one on Thursday the 30th I'm going to talk about in just a second here. But I want to congratulate the new Limitless Wrestling World Champion, my boy, Big Beef Narls Garvin uh, a couple of years ago wrestle attic radio had the honor and opportunity to sponsor limitless wrestlings uh, double vision i believe it was called and the match that was assigned to me was between big beef and tyree taylor you know once i saw big beef coming out flipping the crowd off the glorious kentucky waterfall mullet saying that he's like from champion's trailer park in louisville kentucky Basically like a trailer park trash, uh, redneck kind of gimmick. I was drawn to him because, you know, I'm a small town kid. I grew up around farms. And I had an affinity for the trailer park boys, of course, because also Canada. And I became a big fan of his. So last weekend at uh, Limitless Wrestling's Reasonable Doubt, my boy Beef defeated the Lim- the Limitless Wrestling champion, A.C. Romero. It was A.C. Romero. And I can't think of the name of the third man in the match. It's going to drive me nuts now. But it was a big beefy affair, pun intended, with Beef getting a beefy bomb and a frog splash to capture the title. So big props to him. Uh, I can't wait to see what you do with that belt. So, you know, Beef's a guy that's been flying under a lot of radars, and I hope that he gets some some major coverage as time goes on. I'm starting off with an event that will take place the night before this podcast goes live. And that is on Thursday, March the 30th, Impact Wrestling and New Japan present Multiverse United, Only the Strong Survive. I get to see New Japan a little bit later this year at Forbidden Door 2 at the Scotiabank Center in toronto formerly the air canada center and that's gonna be one hell of an event you already damn near sold out many if not all the tickets before anything is announced that's the power of a crossover between well all elite and new japan and selfishly looking at this card here i wouldn't mind some of those impact guys coming (laughs) to this event as well for the strong Open weight title. We have Kenta. Defending said championship. Against the murder grandpa himself. Minoru Suzuki. And I swear to everything holy. If I see Suzuki in Toronto. And of course they play Kazaninae. I just might lose my voice for life. This next match. I am salivating at. And I can only imagine uh, Mr. YLP is going to feel about this one we have Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Speedball Mike Bailey now Mike Bailey is a replacement for the unfortunately injured Will Ospreay I hope to god that he's better My Forbidden Door I mean Tanahashi and Ospreay was going to be a banger in itself but you put in Speedball Mike Bailey you know he's the guy I think last year when I was doing this very same preview show, he was all over all the indie shows at like GC Dub and like Mark Hitchcock Memorial and all these other random shows. And I think I said that he's gonna have a major year. And well, here he is, he's I believe the current X Division champion, if not a former one. I haven't kept up too much on Impact Peeps. Uh there's too much wrestling on as it is, but I'm trying, okay? I will watch this show probably, well after the fact on a completely stream. legal stream. This match is gonna slap. It's gonna be so damn good. You got two high flying aces just doing flippy shit. And if you're a big fan of say Kenny Omega versus uh, v- Vikingo, whom you're gonna see later in this uh, predictions video, podcast, whatever. This ain't audio. This is this ain't video. This ain't audio. Cut that. And it's in. Classic Fretz blooper. Yeah, this match is going to slap. And speaking of slapping, uh, we got Slapping Meat coming up next. uh, Or as uh, Agent K. Murphy would say, Meat Slapping Majesty. Shout out to K. We got Jeff Cobb versus Moose. I mean, come on. Just two big lads bumping meat. Jeff Cobb, I'm, I'm hoping he takes Moose on a tour of the islands if you catch my drift. Man, that's going to be good. Our next match features four of the premier women's wrestlers in the game today. Um, unfortunately, at sacrifice, Mickey James suffered an injury which prevented her from defending the knockouts title that night. And the very same is uh, on the cards for here. So instead, we have Diana Perazzo, Giselle Shaw, Maya Yamashita and Masha Slamovich, a name you're going to see pop up a little later on again, they will collide in a four-way match while the winner will face Jordan Grace at Rebellion for what would become the vacant knockouts women's title. And unfortunately, that's not the only title that has been vacated in Impact Wrestling, as we recently learned that Canada's own Josh Alexander Suffered, I believe it was a torn tricep and is vacating his title. So the match between Kushida and Steve Macklin at Rebellion will be for the vacant title. And I have a hunch that Macklin's gonna win this one. He's been chomping at the bit in Impact Wrestling, has had a lot of close calls. I think he's at a next division title run. Again, I don't have the time to keep up with it, but I really, really want to. And speaking of things that I really, really want to, um, we have an X Division Scramble match for the X Division Championship, with uh, current champion Trey Miguel defending against X Division legend and former multi-time champion Frankie Kazarian, Rich Swan, Kevin Knight, Clark Connors, and Rocky Romero. This this match is gonna slap so hard, so much flippy shit, and I love that uh, OSW review is going through the main event mafia scene in their new story arc on their on their uh podcast it's been great their their first episode with bound for glory with that uh, there was another escape match with the red dome cage it was wacky stuff and another wacky stuff match we have for the impact world tag team champions bullet club members ace austin and chris bay defending against Aussie Open, TMDK, the Mighty Don't Kneel, formerly known as TM61, on uh, NXT, and of course, the legends themselves, the Motor City Machine Guns. In an eight-man tag team match, we have the artist formerly known as Darren Young, Fred Rosser, tagging with Alex Coughlin, Sammy Callahan, And the Unalive One himself, PCO, he is still going strong at almost 60 freaking years old, going up against Eddie Edwards, Joe Hendry, Tom Lawler, and J.R. Kratos. And finally, there is a match between Gabriel Kidd and -and up-and-coming New Japan rookie Yui Yamura. That's Man, that's one hell of a card. I can't even begin to predict because I don't watch too much other stuff. You know, I always try to tune into things like Wrestle Kingdom and New Beginning and other New Japan shows. And for Impact, it's it's all on YouTube, so I'll catch it when I can. But I am going to watch this show at some point in time within the next (laughs) calendar year with my luck. Also... On Thursday, March 30th, we have one of GCW's many, many shows because this is a promotion that just does not sleep. We have Josh Bartnett's Blood Bloodsport Nine. This has been an annual event for quite some time, where they take down the ring ropes and have a little bit of a uh, MMA feel to it. And with a, at least one name in here being in there, they're right in their element. Well, I should say two here, three maybe. But this of course has the yeah it has the MMA. It's like you're playing the SWA mode in Fire Pro Wrestling. It's a lot of shoot fighting and it's it's really good stuff here. So these guys here actually all have records in blood sport or in these type of matches. But man, we got Kota Ibushi who is 0-0, making his Bloodsport debut, I guess, going up against Speedball Mike Bailey, who was is 0-1. Marina Shafir, the problem. The uh, four horsewomen herself. One of the four horsewomen going up against Killer Kelly. Marina Shafir is 2-0. Killer Kelly is 0-1. Eric Hammer, 3-0, versus Callum Tankman, 2-2. I can't say I know where I'm familiar with these two, but again, it's something I'm going to watch. Davy Boysmith Jr., the son of the British Bulldog, who was 5 and 1, going up against J.R. Kratos, 4 and 2. John Moxley, who I just heard on uh, Rene Piquet's Oral Sessions, going up against Alex Coughlin. And this guy, he looks like a beast. He kind of reminds me of uh, Silas Young a little bit. They're just going to pound the snot out of each other. Royce Isaacs, 2 and 3, against. Johnny Bloodsport, a.k.a. Johnny Nitro, Johnny Impact, Johnny Elite, John Morrison, John Hannigan, Tough Enough John. My God, how many surnames does this guy have? He is 1 0. Josh Bartonet himself, going up against, oh boy, Timothy Thatcher. Uh, Bartonet is undefeated at 5 0. Timothy Thatcher is 1 3. Yui Yamura, who is back once again, who is 1 1. Against bad dude Tito, one and four. Jeff Cobb against paul mccoyle and they are both two and zero. Oh. Uh, th- this is a good, like almost an ultra violent in a kind of way affair, except that it's like a shoot fight. It it's raw underground, but on a grander stage and a lot better booked. You know me, I loved raw underground. I th- I wish that stuck around for a long ass time better way would it have been to fill the third hour of a wrestling show in the pandemic era than something else but this is gonna be just bloody and good shit next up also on the 30th is the march hitchcock memorial super show you know this has been an annual event for quite some time uh since 2018 as uh, mark hitchcock passed away he was a wrestling fan and an artist who assisted in DVD production for High Spots. So he has been someone who has been beloved amongst the wrestling community, and he gets to be memorialized here with this following card Negro Cassis versus Ultimo Dragon. Um, is this 1998? Or is this 2023? Because seriously, these two guys have been around as long as I've been watching wrestling. Just legends in, in Lucha Libre. We got Shigeru Irie. Zach's going to kill me for butchering all these uh, New Japan names. Going up against, hey, it's Speedball Mike Bailey once again. For the AAA Mega Championship, you know, that title that Kenny Omega held hostage during 90% of the pandemic. El Hijo Del Vikingo. We just saw him on Dynamite. Fantastic. High Flare wrestler going up against Horace and Commander. Get in my belly right now. That's going to be one of the best matches of the entire weekend. I'm finding this. Because these three will just do great flippy stuff. We then get a... Ten Women Tag Showcase. There is no participants here. Ray Horace, Aramais, Galeno Del Mal versus Toxin, Latigo, and Ares. I am assuming those are from Triple H. Representing the United Empire, we have Jeff Cobb, Mark Davis, and Kyle Fletcher going against the Time Machine of the Motor City Machine Guns and Kushida. This next match here is not happening due to the injury of Josh Alexander, but it was going to be Josh Alexander and Tom Lawler versus Kenta and Brian Keith. I'm assuming this is either going to be a handicap, a triple threat, or someone's going to fill in Josh Alexander's shoes, but uh, Voices of Wrestling has not updated this quite yet. Michael Oku versus Rocky Romero is also taking place at this event. Those are some two very good cards. Very good cards. On Friday, March 31st, we have a ROH Super Card of Honor. You know, Ring of Honor was just recently acquired by Tony Khan. They're starting to do some TV tapings. They had a pay-per-view, I think, the end of December. And they're basically back. They're up and running. Their TVs have been actually pretty good. I have dabbled in and out with them. Uh, a lot of the roster is still the same as it was when it uh when it shut down for a while. A lot of them have been on AEW. I got to see Chris Jericho defend the Ring of Honor title against Brian Danielson. That was a great match to see live. And this card here it looks very very good. For the Ring of Honor World Championship, we have the champion Claudio Castagnoli going up against His old friend, his old frenemy, a rivalry that dates back 14 years through Chikara, through Ring of Honor, through uh, AEW, and so much more. Eddie Kingston. I really hope Eddie gets the belt here. I don't think that they're ever going to pull the trigger on Eddie Kingston as a world champion. I guess it could be because of of his abrasive nature or the way that he cuts promos. I love him. I mean, I've been a Kingston fan since he was in Impact with uh, LAX. It was either the LAX or the new LAX, the OG, whatever the crap they called him. I hope Kingston takes this one. For the TV championship, we got Samoa Joe versus Mark Briscoe. I fully expect Mark to take the title here. Pay tribute to his late brother Jay, uh, Jay Briscoe tragically passing away in a horrific car crash earlier this year and you know his daughters were in the vehicle with them they have been on the mend they're doing well and just big shout out to the Pew family and hopefully everyone's uh improving everyone's doing well and you know everything's healing it's tough to lose someone you love in such such a fashion like that i can't imagine and speaking of jay briscoe we have Ring of Honors tribute to him with the Reach for the Sky ladder match for the World Tag Team Championship. So he got the Lucha Brothers, Penta El Zero Miero and Ray Fenix, versus the Kingdoms, Mike Bennett and Matt Taven, versus Ozzy Opens, Mark Davis, and Kyle Fletcher, versus Drillistic Cohen Rush, versus Top Flight. (laughs) Oh, this is gonna steal the weekend. This is going to be a belter. For the ROH Women's Championship, we have Athena defending against Yuka Sakazaki. And my lord, these two ladies are absolute dynamite. They will tear the house down. For the AAA Mega Championship, this championship is once again... On this video, we got El Hio del Vikingo defending against Commander, and apparently also scheduled to appear would be the peer champion Wheeler Yuta, Brian Cage, who allegedly is in contract disputes, Uh, maybe he'll wind up in WWE? Question mark, who knows? Tan, Toa Leona, and and Prince Nana. This is going to be a damn good event. I'm really looking forward to see what the new Ring of Honor can do. And finally, in what is my annual guilty pleasure of the year during WrestleMania weekend or SummerSlam weekend, it's the it's the GCW Joey Janela's shows. So we got Joey Janela's Spring Break 7, something that I've watched every year since, uh, I can't remember what one it was, but it had TCO versus uh, Walter, or Gunther, if you will, in a match that kind of rejuvenated PCO's career. And they always have, like, really wacky stuff in there, like MJF getting DDT'd by the lead singer of WeeDis, or you get uh, that guy that comes out to Weedus. His his name escapes me right now, but it's, it's fun stuff, because that's what wrestling's supposed to be. This also has the Clusterfuck Battle Royal, one of my favorite things out there. So we got... Vikingo versus speedball Mike Bailey, that match is just gonna rule. The World Tag Team Champions, the Motor City Machine Guns defending against the East and West Express, that being Nick Wayne and Jordan Oliver, Kotorabushi versus Joey Janella, Mackie (laughs) Deathkill, the team of Mackie Ito and Nick Fucking Gage against Boosie? Bussy? How do you say that, kids? A um, team of Effie and Catch. That <laughs> The words that just came out of my mouth. That's going to be silly. All right, folks, that's going to wrap up uh, this portion of the show. I'm going to go make a drink and get ready to preview NXT Stand and Deliver and finally WrestleMania. Stay tuned. Buzz, buzz, this is the Queen B, the K. Murphy of Kings of the Rings podcast, and you are listening to Fretzelmania exclusively on Wrestle Addict Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. Welcome back to the Fretzel's Pretzels Wrestlemania preview show. This podcast is brought to you by Wrestle Addict Radio. Say it with me, the cure for the common wrestling podcast please be sure to check out all of our links check out our patreon our merch on spring and join our discord links will be in the description below this podcast now it is time to preview wrestlemania let's go Now, before I get into WrestleMania, folks, I would like to spend just a couple of moments here congratulating this year's WWE Hall of Fame class, starting off with Rey Mysterio, who, ironically enough, is having a match with his son at WrestleMania the day or two after he is inducted. We also have the great Muda. An absolute legend in wrestling. He never stepped foot in the WWE. He did a lot of work with uh, about every other promotion there is, including you know NWA, WCW, uh, PNA, Ring of Honor. I'm not sure if he did any stuff with AEW, but he's is a pioneer in Japanese wrestling and a legend who is well deserving of his spot on the grand stage, who actually just wrapped up his career. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura wrestled him in one of his farewell matches in Japan. It was awesome of the WWE to go over there and let him do this bit with pro wrestling Noah. Speaking of the great Muda, a quick shout out to, to Kevin, you know, someone that we all know on Twitter, uh, a cancer survivor who has uh, a cat named after the great Muda and Pro wrestling, mainly AEW, has been something therapeutic for him. You know, he wasn't supposed to live past, I think it was Halloween 2021. And here we are almost two years later, and he is beating the odds. Potentially gets to see his one of his favorite wrestlers get inducted into the hall. So big shout out to uh Mood of the Cat, Reverend Warlock, Kev, love you, buddy. Our next inductee is Stacy Keebler, someone who started out as, a, like all of us, as a wrestling fan, you know, holding up a sign, uh, showing appreciation for Bret Hart. Not long after that, she's recruited, becomes Miss Hancock, one of the, let's just say, funniest um, names out there in wrestling The next inductee is a very interesting one indeed, and that is the late, great Andy Kaufman, a comedian who died in the 80s. You might know him from the show Taxi. You might know him from some of his specials where he played uh, Tony Clifton, a foul-mouthed lounge singer. Andy Kaufman was a celebrity who really... uh, pioneered celebrity wrestling. Of course, he started this bit with Jerry, the King Lawler in Memphis. And man, if any celebrity out there could keep Hey Fabe, it's Andy Kaufman. I mean, th- this guy was, he was strange, unique, very, <laughs> very weird. Uh, he was called kind of an anti comedian if you will he he didn't like to tell jokes but he was the kind of guy that would make you laugh with him and not at him uh you know unfortunately for him he uh he died relatively young but actually less than a month after i was born so he's he's been dead since 1984 and he was only 35 years old man. That, that that is tragic you know andy kaufman had a match did he have i don't know if he had more than one match but he had this one with jerry lawler they had a feud where they would even go on the david letterman show and you know bicker back and forth uh he'd be wearing the neck brace uh He, of course, was immortalized by Jim Carrey, who played him in the movie Man on the Moon. And Jim Carrey and Jerry Lawler got to recreate that magic. And if any celebrity deserves to be inducted into the Hall of Fame this year, it's Andy friggin' Kaufman. Just spend a night just Googling some of this stuff. I'm certain a lot of the Tony Clifton bits are on YouTube, full episodes of Taxi are probably on there where he played latke. You know, that's a show that also launched the careers of people like judd hirsch danny devito and christopher lloyd it's an iconic show i haven't seen it in a very very long time but man it's it's timeless and finally the last one or the last one that has uh, been announced i think it's going to be a relatively short class which i'm all for is the warrior award This year, it's going to the the late, great referee, Tim White. Now, Tim White is uh, a fixture of WWE wrestling. You know, a lot of referees, they're kind of off, off to the side. They don't really go out there to get noticed. But you notice Tim White. And if you know a lot of his backstage stories, you know, he was good friends with Andre the Giant. He was always with him and Arnold Scotland. You know, this man refereed uh, the Hell in the Cell match between Chris Jericho and Triple H, which would wind up being his final match because he left his shoulder doing a, uh, a Hell in the Cell bump. Like, I think Jericho yeets him out the ring, Fs his shoulder up, and his career's done. You know, Tim White did some, let's just say, questionable WWE.com skits about where he tried to off himself because he's depressed about his career being over. They're infamous. They're bad. They're borderline tasteless. But they're there. You noticed Tim White. When you saw a match, at least in the 80s, you know, Every referee had a name. Every referee had—I don't want to say a gimmick, but you knew the Hebners, you knew Tim White, you knew like Jimmy Corderas, or or Little Nate Charles Robinson, or Nick Patrick. The only referee that I can think of today that you know because they make themselves kind of known is like Aubrey Edwards, is uh, Bryce Ramsberg, who I'm sure are inspired by the lights of Tim White. You know, Tim White was a long, long-time WWE employee. He was a trooper. He was the man that owned the Friendly Tap. And if you all Attitude Era fans remember the Friendly Tap, APA, I'm looking at you guys, you know exactly the bar that I'm talking about. I think that is all of the Hall of Fame inductees. These are all the ones that I have as of Wednesday. It's a good short class. I think it's going to be a decent short show, which I'm all for. You know, I don't want to watch a three-hour Hall of Fame ceremony, and and then the next night watch four hours of WrestleMania, and then the next night watch four hours of WrestleMania, and then the next night... Watch all the shows that I didn't watch during the weekend, like Joey Janela's Spring Break, like New Japan Impact uh, crossover show, like um, like Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor. <laughs> There's a lot, and, and I previewed all those already, but we are now going to get into NXT Stand and Deliver, which is going to be on Saturday afternoon at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. A little bit before uh, the festivities at WrestleMania get underway, and we have a card here that I'm going to predict. And you know what? That looks like a damn fine show. I've given NXT kind of a second and third chance. I was extremely put off by the the whole 2.0 Nickelodeon aesthetic. I was put off when the likes of uh, Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano weren't there. When Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish weren't there. And then you see guys like Vaughn Wagner and Coney D'Angelo and Ron Breaker. Although I have warmed up on most of those acts. It's been a consistently decent show. I don't get to watch it every Tuesday now, Tuesday nights are usually uh, pretty busy for me, but when I do catch it, I pay attention because th- this card's gonna slap folks. it's it's absolutely gonna slap. I'll be watching it probably on Monday, maybe even within the next week or so. there's there's a lot of wrestling to digest and I only have so much time. In an eight-person tag team match, we got the Schism, which is the the former grizzled young veterans Joe Gacy and Ava, the daughter of The Rock, the first fourth-generation wrestler, I think ever. If not in WWE, there has to be like a fourth a fourth-generation person, like a Samoan or something, somewhere on the Indies. By now, it has to. But, but this is her in-ring debut. Uh, winner gets control of Chase U. Now, initially, I had actually already recorded this part, and now I'm re-recording it because I went back, and I didn't like how I sounded, and I repeated a bunch of things. That's what happens when you're tired doing this, and I'm still tired now. But alas, I did pick Chase U. After watching NXT last night, seeing the body language of specifically Duke Hudson and seeing how Joe Gacy would kind of run a class and run stuff there and then name the detention hall after Andre Chase like you're oh, you you won't be caught out, out of here. This is the Andre Chase Memorial Detention Hall, and you know, everyone's all like brainwashed and wearing the things. I'm picking the schism to win this one here. I'm intrigued to see what they can do with Chase U. I, I think Duke Hudson has ran his course with them. I think he's going to turn his back on Andre Chase. And we can see, at least just for a little bit, how Chase U can be ran by this cult. For the NXT Tag Team Championship, we have the Gallus boys defending their titles against the former champs, the Creed brothers, and the family, that being the team of Tony D'Angelo and Stax Lorenzo. I'm going to go out on a limb here and pick uh, D'Angelo and Stax. You know, Tony D has been unsuccessful in every attempt at him winning singles gold here. He has been bringing up Stacks as kind of a mentor for the family, this whole mob thing. Since Cole Carter, I think that was his name, the the other guy, got released, Tony D has been tagging with him and have had a decent level of success, even defeating uh, Brooks and Jensen on NXT to qualify for this match, which means it's not going to be a four-way tag, four-way elimination, fatal four-way, whatever match with the country boys which I'm okay with because uh, that team has ran its course and it's time for Josh Briggs to become the Josh Briggs of Evolve. Please, for the love of everything holy, we need like monster Josh Briggs again. So the family I think is going to win the championships here. I know Gallus just won the titles from the new day at, at the Valentine's day, whatever that show is. We're, we're, we're doing a reset on an NXT. Speaking of which, women's tag team championships with uh, Kiana James and Fallon Henley against Ela Don and Alba Fire. Don and Fire are winning this one. This uh, spooky, witchy kind of kind of gimmick here. I was very skeptical about Alba Fire, especially when I heard the name change to go from Kaylee Ray to Alba Fire. What the trap kind of name is Alba? No offense to John Alba, who. <laughs> Covers wrestling for a living and did some bits on Limitless. Uh, I was very skeptical. Ela Don is someone I, I was familiar with on NXT UK. It's time for a change. New women's champ, new women's tag champs here, and there's a lot of dissension between Kiana and Fallon. Anyways, break off this squad here and go with new champions for the North American Championship. No offense to the ladies. This should be the ladder match. We got Wesley versus Dragon Lee versus Axiom versus JD McDonough versus Ilya Dragonoth. I don't see Wesley losing the title here. I don't see him losing this championship yet. He's had a great run with it since like sometime last year. He has definitely bounced back from the unfortunate incident which led to uh, his tag team partner, Nash Carter, being released. I'm not even going to get into that right now. Uh, I kind of wish MSK was still a thing, but the latter two rascals are tagging on the indies because I guess everything got smoothed over there. Wesley is going to win here. This is Dragon Lee's NXT debut. Dragon Lee is... Amazing. This match is. It's going to be the match of, of the night right here by a country mile. This is going to slap. Wesley, I think, is going to retain here. I don't see any of these people on this list here taking the title off of him. Dragon Lee, maybe, but I got a sneaking suspicion Wesley's retaining. We're the women's championship in a ladder match, which. This whole this whole storyline is kind of strange, right? So a couple of weeks ago on NXT, Roxanne Perez defended her women's championship against the final boss, Mako Uh They took lumps out of each other, and Roxanne managed to squeak out a victory. After the match... Maiko shows her some respect. Roxanne returns the favor. And Roxanne collapses. So we did the Shawn Michaels Owen Hart bit from, from 1995. HBK's fingerprints are all over this. So after this match, it was announced that the title would be vacated. And that we're going to have all these people qualify for a women's championship ladder match at Stand and Deliver. However, last night, Roxanne made her return, told Shawn Michaels that, you know, she was clear, and all the tests and the blood work came back fine, that she basically had an anxiety attack and was gassed all at the same time, and everything just overwhelmed her and just went flat. Sean's like, "Okay, let's keep on these doctors' notes." And she was really, really pushing her anxiety, saying that yeah i i I don't have anxiety, I don't have mental illness, so this is very hard for me to relate to. It's very hard for me to articulate, but they're they're making this Roxy's anxiety gimmick and i don't know how i feel about it you know i interacted with a couple of people on twitter saying that hey i suffer from anxiety i'm glad that they're shining a light on this all power to them i hope it's done tastefully i hope it's done tastefully so yeah roxanne perez is now qualified for this match for her title it's her title she's not lost it Going up against Zoe Stark, Gigi Dolan, Tiffany Stratton, Laia Valkyra, and Indy Hartwell. I think Roxanne is going to retain here. I think she should retain here. The only people I could see possibly winning this are Indy Hartwell or Zoe Stark. Please, for the love of everything holy, do not put the title on Tiffany Stratton. Maybe Gigi, but anyone but Tiffany Stratton. Please. Finally, for the NXT Championship, we got Braun Breaker going up against the challenger, the number one contender, him, Carmelo Hayes, the former Limitless Wrestling Champion, Christian Casanova. It is Carmelo's time. Braun Breaker has done everything And then some on NXT. It's time for a new era at the head of the division. And Carmelo Hayes is a man that can carry NXT into 2023 and beyond. It's time for Braun Breaker to get called up to the main roster. And a little bit of a prediction slash mostly fantasy booking here. He gets called up the night after WrestleMania. Austin Theory has a U.S. title open challenge because he beats Cena at WrestleMania. And in order to prove he's better than John Cena again, he is going to do what Cena did and do the U.S. open challenge. However, he loses to Braun Breaker almost immediately. And Braun is solidified on the main roster. That's going to be one heck of a show, Stand and Deliver. I won't be watching it live. I work until about 4 p.m. Eastern. And then I will be prepping my snacks for WrestleMania. So the Fretzels Pretzels, maybe some pulled pork sliders, maybe some chicken wings or something like that. But I'm going to be prepping my snacks right up until Mania kicks off. Speaking of WrestleMania itself... This is the card below. Now, we don't have a lot of the lineup solidified, so I'm just going to go through what match order that I see here on eWrestlingNews.com. Shout out to them. We do know that Theory versus Cena is kicking off WrestleMania Night 1 itself. And Austin Theory is winning here. You know, John Cena hasn't been seen much on TV. His in-ring career is winding down. He's passing the torch to Theory. And this is going to give Austin a huge bee in his bonnet, a huge win that will just push him to the moon. For the SmackDown Women's Championship, Charlotte Flair goes up against the 2023 Women's Royal Rumble winner Rhea Ripley. And no offense to either of these ladies, I hope this does not main event night one. In my opinion, this match doesn't deserve it. Now in the past, there have been very deserving women's main event matches at WrestleMania. Uh, Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair comes to mind from two years ago. That was a huge moment. That was a huge get because it was two women of color main eventing a wrestling pay-per-view for the first time. That's history. And it was a pretty good build. If I do remember that this match hasn't been billed that much on TV. And I mean, it doesn't deserve the main event spot just because it's a women's match. If, if, That sounds right, and I do not intend to insult either of these ladies. There's a match later on I'm going to talk about that I think deserves the main event spotlight because of the build and the story and everything that it encompasses. That being said, Ripley's going to squash flair and win this title. For the love of everything holy, get the title off of Charlotte. Ripley can go have a monster run on SmackDown and just steamroll everybody. Seth Rollins and Logan Paul is apparently taking place on night one. And Seth Rollins is going to win here. WrestleMania is usually where a lot of the major heels finally get their comeuppance. Finally get... What's coming to them? See Vince McMahon at WrestleMania 17. And 19. And 23. And 26. Um, Logan Paul has been a thorn in the side of Rollins since the Royal Rumble. Eliminating him from the match. Tosting him the Elimination Chamber US title match. And finally, we're here. Logan Paul is so good at making us hate him. He He's good at this wrestling thing. And I hate praising Logan Paul because he is a terrible human being. And he's doing his job, at least. He's doing it good. And Seth Rollins is just going to like do a stomp on him onto stairs or something or that and win this match this is apparently logan paul's last match on his contract but i think we're going to see him again i think we'll especially see him at like a saudi show maybe like SummerSlam, survivor series maybe he pops up as a surprise entrant in the 2024 royal rumble who knows rock lesnar versus omos now this was a match that when it was announced we're like this is the curveball right We're going to get Lashley versus Brock in a fight pit at WrestleMania, right? Well, as the weeks went on, those uh, curveballs became... uh, Not curveballs. I don't know my pitches. Shut up. Sliders. Okay, they became sliders. And this match became actually official. And you know what I... I'm low-key looking forward to this because Omos hasn't been, let's say, tested. You could argue that Bobby Lashley would have been his test. Uh, Maybe even the Tag Team Championship with AJ Styles. This is a big moment for Omos. This is his biggest opponent yet. Brock Lesnar, we don't know what his in-ring career status is. Maybe he's gonna go right off into the sun sunset and uh, just hang out at his ranch in Saskatchewan. He's done everything he he can do in wrestling and then some. He deserves some time off to go hang out with Sable and his kids, and just hunt and go on bearded butchers and make himself a, a steak blend and cut big hawks of meat. Being a butcher's boy, this just it brought back a lot of. Uh, Memories of <laughs> doing a butcher shop, butcher shop errands with my dad, and it brings a smile to my face. The build here has not seen Brock get Omos off his feet yet, despite the fact that he has been put off his feet, I believe. I think by Lashley. That first suplex that Brock Lesnar lands on Omos is going to be a OMG moment that's going to be replayed. At WrestleManias for years to come, see Hogan slamming Andre, but to a much much lesser degree. F5 Rock wins. Becky Lynch, Trish Stratus, and Lita against the Damage Controls Io Sky, Bailey, and Dakota Kai. Now there's a lot of rumor and innuendo about the status of. Trish and Becky come SummerSlam, mostly dealing with a Trish Stratus heel turn. Heel Trish is awesome. Go back to the early Ruthless Aggression to see what I'm talking about. Now I don't think the turn happens here, mostly because Becky and Trish are the current women's tag champions. I could see a walkout or a kick or a shock heel turn happening on Raw, or even a premium live event between now and SummerSlam. Maybe at like, I don't see them holding the titles until Money in the Bank, because that's a long run. But I think there's gonna be some seeds planted here, and damage control. Do they win? No. I think the baby faces win here. Because this long-standing Becky and Bailey feud has uh, hit a few bumps in the road. I know that steel cage match angle angered a lot of fans. I mean, I thought if it was writing a story, fine. But to advertise a cage match and go like that, that's just kind of a troll move. And I think it's kind of funny. But I do see a measure of revenge being taken on Bailey by Becky. And they're going to win here. I don't think Damage Control breaks up. Maybe you plant a little bit of seed here, but then finally it'll be a fake-out and a big happy reunion when Damage Control take back the Women's Tag Team Championships from Chris and Becky. For the Raw Women's Championship, Bianca Belair versus the winner of the Women's Elimination Chamber match, Asuka. Now, Oscar returned at the Royal Rumble, came up short in that Rumble match, but has had a new character. It was very Kana-esque. If you are familiar with <clears throat> Asuka's work in Japan as Kana, well, you know. I and mean, she's been spit, spitting blue mist, doing the whole Arrested Development, I Blew Myself bit on all the ladies here playing a lot of mind games oscar has to win here you know bianca has had a monster run with the women's championship i think it's been since last wrestlemania it's time for a change maybe oscar becomes like a monster heel becomes a final boss if you will on monday night raw it's 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 time for bianca to go on the chase again or maybe even Find a friend and go for the Tag Team Championships or just go to SmackDown again. Asuka, I think she has to win here. Like This is going to be a big reset for the WWE. However, it will not be a reset for the Intercontinental Championship as Gunther, the Ring General, goes against Drew McIntyre and Sheamus in a triple threat match for that title. Gunther has to retain. I think he's going to break Honky Man's record. I hope he does, actually, because of all people, the hold, the longest Intercontinental title reign, it's an Elvis impersonator. It's the Honky Tonk Band. No. This match is going to have just so many chops and so many bruised chests. These three guys are just going to tear lumps off each other. And I kind of hope that Gunther has a special WrestleMania entrance where you have a whole ass choir singing his theme. You know, the Gunther, the Ring General Gunther, das Massista or however it goes. Sorry if I butcher German to my German listeners. <laughs> yeah, this match will slap. I do think Seamus gets the title off him eventually. Just hang on a little bit more. In a Hell in a Cell match, we have Edge going up against Demon, Finn, Balor. Let's Go. First off, speculation about bringing Gangrel in for a Brood entrance. Oh, what if they pull off even bringing in Christian. Tony Collins open to it. Reunite the brood for one night against the judgment day. I'm actually pretty divided on who's gonna win this match. I mean, both of these guys could use a win. You know, Edge could use a win to finally wrap up this feud of the Judgment Day. Finn Balor could use a major win to solidify himself at the top of the WrestleMania card. I'm literally going to flip a coin right here, right now, to uh, you know, see who's gonna who I'm gonna pick here. So heads, Edge; tails, Balor. And it's heads, I pick Edge. Not a lot of people have some feelings about our next two matches. The WrestleMania showcase tag team matches just to slap a bunch of people on the card. And I think it's a good thing because it gives all these teams major exposure. It, it gets them a freaking WrestleMania payday folks. We got the teams of Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan, Natty and Shotzi, Ronda and Shayna against the, complaint department of Chelsea Green and Sonia DeVille, whom I am despising more than life itself. Well, because, well, if you work in retail, um, you have interacted with Chelsea Green types before. That being said, Ronnie and Shayna, they're going to break everyone's arms. And eventually, I think they'll get the Women's Tag Team Championship. Maybe they'll be the ones who beat becky and trish not damage control because i think these two could have a great run with these tag titles if they were to take them seriously which i hope slash think optimistically that they will because two mma girls running roughshod through the entire company I mean, that writes itself. That is good. Ronda Shayna, they'll just storm right through this match. On the men's side, we have the Street Profits versus the Alpha Academy versus the Viking Raiders versus Braun Strowman and Ricochet. Now, I'm picking the Street Profits to win this match here. I do think the Otis or Otis <clears throat> o- Peace happens here when he officially joins the maximum male models and finally sides with maxine mansois and masse because the maximum male models are just they're awesome they're hilarious they're total osw boys if you if you know you know and chad gable can get a rocket strap to him and eventually contend for a major championship here. Street Profits here, but if I were to pick a team on the other side, maybe the Viking Raiders, because they have been aimless since being called up to the main roster. I mean, now they have Valhalla, aka Sarah Logan, as a manager and as a inspiration for them. This heel Viking bit, I'm... I'm not sold on it yet, but I will be. I know I will be because I was a big fan of, of War Machine when they were in New Japan, when they were a ring of honor. And I think it's time for them to get their due. Rey Mysterio versus Dominic Mysterio. Father versus son. I believe this is the first father versus son match. At WrestleMania, someone out there can please correct me if I'm wrong. You know, for weeks, Dominic has been egging on his dad and disrespecting him, calling him a deadbeat, saying that he wishes he was Eddie's son. You keep on invoking Eddie's name. You're going to bring in his widow. You're going to bring in Vicky. In this. I I think Vicky could even make an appearance at Wrestlemania. For all I know. And I I have to give. uh, Cultaholic mainly. I think it was Andrew or Tom Campbell. Some credit for this bit here. But what if. Say it was Smackdown last week. And it was made official. When Dominic was like. I'm going to go ask mom. For permission basically. So then you get. Excuse me. And he asks, "Zicky." Oh, that would have been just such major, major trolling. Would have been great, but instead we got Dominic yelling at his mom, telling her to shut up, and then Dad coming in and punching him in the face. It's like when it's like when your kid is being a little brat to mom all day. And dad finally comes home from work. I really, really think Dominic should win this match. Although Ray is getting inducted into the Hall of Fame, you could call this his swan song, but you know, what they say go out on your back. This isn't Ray's retirement match. It hasn't been speculated. As such, and it shouldn't be announced as being a retirement match one or two days before the event. I'm looking at you, SmackDown, right now. I'm going to get to you, SmackDown, in just a second because I realized I forgot something. It's another coin flip, but I'm not flipping my coin because it's all the way on the floor right now. I'm picking Dominic to win this one here because I think this is, could be a major win for him. I said this term before, but another bee in his bonnet, another notch in his belt, that I beat my dad at WrestleMania. What have you done with your life? You know, it. there's a story that writes itself. And you can push Dominic a little bit in the upper card because, I mean, he has improved so much. When I first saw him, I was afraid that he was going to, you know, go along the likes of David Flair or Eric Watts. He's carving his own niche right here with a Judgment Day, and him existing and getting heat is. You you know it's good. For the Raw, I mean, no, the Undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship, the match that I think should main event night one, the Osos versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Cracks are starting to form. Doubts are starting to arise. Tension is high. Finish the story. Owens and Zane win the titles here. If it does not main event night one, it should open night two, where you open with the bloodline losing the tag titles. The cracks form all night arcing throughout the whole night two of WrestleMania backstage bits, Henshin yelling, walking out, whatever. And then you get to the last match, which is the last match here. I have now Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes for the WWE undisputed universal championship. Drop that, drop the blue universal title and finish the story. Yeah. Cody Rhodes wins. He's winning here. Roman can go take some time away. Come back at SummerSlam. Hanging on to his Travel Chief moniker. But he comes back to a disheveled bloodline. A lot of rumors pointing towards main event Jey Uso versus Roman at SummerSlam, which Run that back, please. Run that feud back, please. I'd watch. So those are my thoughts on WrestleMania, right there. I realize I forgot the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal because it is not on WrestleMania. I mean, first off, thank God. I mean, Mania is going to be long enough as it is because it spanned out two nights. As much as I love wrestling, as much as I love WrestleMania, it is much more digestible to sit through two nights of let's just say three and a change hours. It's like watching hockey games on two nights in a row. The Maple Leafs do that. They had a home and they had a back-to-back games last weekend, and I watched them both. It's just like that. It's like you know your back-to-back ball games too. It's no different. It is a lot better to watch that than one you got a 2 hour pre-show which is going to which would have had like two maybe three matches and then the rest of the card was like what 5 6 hours you're watching wrestling for 8 hours you're sitting on your ass for 8 hours and that's a full day's work on your ass no Bobby Lashley he's my pick to win the the Andre they need to put stakes on this. They need to say, like, the winner of this match gets an automatic buy into the men's money in the bank match. You can do the women's battle royal too and have that very same stake. So, folks, that has been it for this meaty edition of the Fretzelmania podcast, previewing and predicting all of WrestleMania and most of the other shows around that. You can follow me on all my uh, social medias at fretzelmania f-r-e-t-z-l-e mania listen to the rest of us on wrestle addict radio the cure for the common wrestling podcast we are all also gearing up for wrestlemania we got Nate the effing greats brace for impact back from a little hiatus starting his new season in 2007 tna we're almost in uncharted territories for me OSW has began the main event mafia, which I'm enjoying so far. Every Wednesday night, you got the Kings of the Rings podcast. Willie T King, Ricky Rose, in the Friends of the Show era. So who knows who is going to be next on their podcast? Be sure to kick off your weekend in proper YLP fashion with the Young Lions perspective. With Zach, he is for sure going to be kicking off our WrestleMania weekend the only way he knows how. And of course, myself, Fretzelmania. And WrestleMania is going to be here before you know it, folks. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's also one of the most tiring times of the year if you do this for a living. So thank you very much. See you next time where I review WrestleMania. Till then, keep your stick on the ice.